Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. Arizona is in the midst of the dry season right now, which means it's a good time to think about water harvesting. When the monsoon and the winter rains arrive, desert dwellers celebrate. But before the rain begins to fall, take a moment to think about where all that water goes when it rains. The Watershed Management Group is developing solutions for dealing with that water in an urban environment. Dr. Joaquin Morieta Saldivar with the group says the first thing you have to do is understand where our water comes from. That is precisely right. Uh, we are working on the Santa Cruz watershed, and the Santa Cruz River is the only river that crosses the border twice in Arizona and Sonora. And it starts in the San Rafael Valley in Arizona, goes into Sonora, San Lazaro, and all that, comes back in eastern both Nogales, ambos Nogales, and then it passed through Tuba, Tumacacuri, Tucson, Marana, and eventually to the Gila River. So that whole complex is the watershed of the Santa Cruz River, and Tucson is part of it. So what is the role of Tucson in the health of that system? Okay, so let's ask that question. What is the role of, of Greater Tucson in that? <laughs> I like to think in very simple terms. When you put a city on top of nature, a lot of things change. And Tucson is on top of the Sonoran Desert, which is part of the Santa Cruz watershed. Therefore, the water cycle change with the hard surfaces that the city brings. Uh, the streets, the rooftops, the sidewalks, compact soils, all those things have an implication on our waterways. So what happened when it rains in Tucson, for example? Uh, a lot of things happen, a lot of things don't happen, and we want things to happen. <laughs> so it's very interesting to start thinking, what is the role of the city in the water cycle of the Sonoran Desert? Of course, one of the things that doesn't happen, and those of us who drive around know this, is the water doesn't travel. It sits in the middle of the intersection. So when I'm driving or I ride my bike, I have to go through puddles. But if you look off either side, you don't see puddles like that in the desert. So that's got to be one of the big changes. Exactly. Um, the cities all over the world have hard surfaces like streets. So water move on the street. And what nature says and does is, you know, this is a lot of speed and this is a lot of volume. I'm not going to deal with this. The way I'm going to deal with it, I'm just going to evaporate it. So water that we didn't harvest, water that we didn't infiltrate on the ground, suddenly is escaping from us. It's going somewhere else as a vapor stage. Uh, so Watershed Management Group is an expert on water harvesting, is an expert on water infiltration before it gets into the street. If it, if it is on the street, there is additional things that we can do. But if you start at home, that's even better because it's more efficient, it costs less, all those water harvesting techniques that we can do. Before we get into what you can do at home, are there things that the city of Tucson, the government, Pima County, can be doing to help out that 
can make water harvesting better or send it to places where it needs to be as opposed to running down the middle of Speedway Boulevard? <laughs> yes, they do, and they are doing. And it's a fascination to work with uh, Tucson Water, for example, or to work, work with Pima County Flood Control. Uh, they've been very attentive in the last few years, uh, particularly Tucson Water. Uh, they have created for home level the rebate program for water harvesting, for example. But before I go into more details, all these things used to be illegal here in Tucson, the water harvesting thing or the cutting the curb on the street to harvest some of that water. And Brad Lancaster, which is God in water harvesting, uh, started this pre-legal elements of cutting curbs, harvesting water from the street in front of his house. So he learned a lot of things and we learned a lot of things from him. And thanks to that, we've been changing policies with Tucson Water. We've been changing programs with Pima County. So they are doing actually good stuff. Uh, Tucson Water has the Green Storm Infrastructure Program. So they are doing more of that Green Storm Infrastructure, the water that runs on the street. How do we take advantage of that water and put it for beneficial use with water harvesting? And when I say beneficial use is water infiltration. In that process, we can create shade. We can increase the canopy shade for the city. We can diminish heat. We can infiltrate water in the ground. We can have uh, wildlife corridors for pollinators, for birds, for lizards in our streets, in our sidewalks. So at the end, we're bringing nature back to the city where nature belongs as well. I think people are going to be really surprised to hear that all of these things were illegal at, at one point. Do you all still have fights, obviously not with the city and the county, but with like HOAs and those types of groups to get them to allow homeowners to do different things? It's, I don't want to call it fights, but there are disagreements, for example, and that opens up for a great dialogue. Yes, we do have issues with HOAs, for example, that limit uh, the conditions for water harvesting, for example, or limit uh, the arrangements of native plants to be allowed to grow in their front yards or backyards. Uh, no, 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 you cannot plant that tree because my neighbor is going to see it. And that's probably not a good thing. Or no, don't put that tank in there. So HOAs sometimes are harder to work than with the government, <laughs> to put it like that. The government lately has been fascinating. Uh, we have created some wonderful partnerships, and, and, is, and, and, and those programs are moving along very nice. Uh, as an example, with Pima County Flood Control, uh, the whole Choya Boulevard in a section of, Flo of Flowing Wells neighborhood, uh, with collaboration with Flowing Wells Junior High, the Neighborhood Association, other private owners, private businesses, we are transforming that section of the, of the street into a green street. Uh, by the fall, 2022, it's going to be one of the greenest streets in Tucson, I think. After our chat, Dr. Morieta Salvador took us on a tour of his backyard, which is filled with all kinds of water harvesting and saving ideas. So this is a tank that you don't supposed to store water in it. 
because it's uh, water from the laundry machine. This water, this tank, it just gives us elevation. So this water is connected to a hose, which is here. And the water very slowly start coming out. You can see the water right there? Yeah. So we are recycling the water from the laundry machine and with that water, we're irrigating our garden. And what that means is a change of culture. <laughs> our culture, human culture. Uh, we need to change the detergents that we use. They need to have no sodium, be biodegradable. Mainly it's the sodium that we don't want. We don't want salt in the soil or in the plants. Therefore, we can use this water for the plants. Even for fruit trees, this water is really, really good. So therefore, right there, we're saving water because we're irrigating our garden with laundry water, as opposed as with drinking water. <laughs> so somebody, I'm sure, will hear this and say, okay, so if I set up this system, I have to change my laundry detergent. Is it more expensive, or at the end of the day, does it even out? Uh, it, um, if it is more expensive, it's going to be like 50 cents or $1 for the same gallon that you get. And I believe you can do more loads of laundry with uh, gray water detergent to call it like that. Yeah. And you're using less water to water your yard, so it might even out in the end exactly. anyway. Exactly. Correct. All right, well, let's continue the tour of the yard here. So that's one thing. The other thing we do is, for example, this vegetable garden that we have here. Right now, there is some little radishes going there. We have some cilantro, some calabacitas are growing. They're starting to pop up. But this water is rainwater. So the roof of the house this section of the house collect the water whenever it rains in Tucson, and it does rain. So that water, you can see those blue pipes over there from the roof. So there is the pipe to the right, is bringing the water from the roof, it's underneath here, and it goes into this cistern. This is a 2,500 gallon cistern that we store water from the rain. We use that water to produce vegetables for our home. Uh, therefore, again, we're not using drinking water to produce our vegetable garden. Uh, and rainwater is much better for the plants than city water because we don't have the chemicals that we add to the city water. So that's why the plant loves it even better. So how long will 2,500 gallons of rainwater last because it does rain in Tucson, but not all the time. <laughs> the beautiful thing of the Sonoran Desert is that we have two rainy seasons. It rains in the winter, las equipatas in Espanol, I love that word, which that's what it means in the Yaqui language, equipata is a gentle rain. In the winter we get that. We usually four to six inches in average. And then in the summer, the monsoon, el aguacero, el chubasco, same thing, four to six inches. So at the end, it's an average of 10 to 12 inches of rain that we harvest in here. 
uh, how long would it last? We use mainly this water for the driest period of the year, which is anywhere between April through the first monsoon in July. So right now we're heavily using that water to start our production in our vegetable garden. And it will, and ideally it's going to last those four months to irrigate just with rainwater. And, and also we're using it for some um, fruit trees that we also have here. So it's, it, it lasts for five, six months, yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. And then you have the winter raining, so it fills up again. So it's just you play with that time and you measure your behavior and how much can you grow and that type of thing. So it's, it's, it's a constant observation. Especially with the monsoon, the Chubasco, it rains really hard. In the winter, as you said, much lighter rain. How long does it take to fill up or how much water comes off the average roof in Tucson. Yeah, and that's part of the engineering that Watershed Management Group is so good at. Um, think of 1,000 square feet of an area, one inch of rain, it provides us with 600 gallons of water. So for this to fill up the 2,500 gallons in my house on the roof I have, I require four inches of rain. And then we went to see the composting toilet in the back corner of the yard. This is the one that everybody talks about and I think everybody's afraid of. People are afraid of this, but check that out. Your aim will help. <laughs> so, uh, we humans, we are a factory of nutrients. Whenever we pee, there is nitrogen in there. So whenever I'm out, this is what I use. I come here and pee. This is a urinal, so we call it a urigator. <laughs> so this pee goes to that basin that you saw over there. And imagine I'm peeing, and then you put a little bit of water here so pee doesn't crystallize on the pipe. But that water eventually makes it to the basin. So, and it brings nutrients. So that's the pee. But then the poop, this is the compost toilet. We've been trained, we humans been trained to use a regular flushing toilet since we are born. So to change that pattern is pretty hard. But once you're there, oh my God, you're creating this wonderful humaner, we call it. And that's what we use for our plants in our garden. So we're saving money again. We're not flushing toilets. That's the biggest thing, because each toilet on each home in Tucson use 25% of water for that house. So therefore, I'm saving 25% of water in my house because I'm using a dry toilet. And it's not a big deal. I mean, it's a regular toilet. You can see it here. If you don't mind, I can open yeah. it. This poop. But do you see any flies? Do you see any smell? Do you see any... There's nothing. It's just... That's always the big question, though, is smell and flies and things like that. How does a composting toilet not do that? Earth, the planet, exists because of four elements. C-H-O-N. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. In order to have life, you need to balance that. That's what's happening in the compost toilet. <laughs> carbon, what is the carbon? Carbon is sawdust from our neighbors that have a wood chop here. 
So instead of that sawdust going into the landfill of Tucson, it comes to my compost toilet. That's the carbon. The oxygen, you do need to air this like every seven to 10 days. And you air it with a um, compost stick, I think they call it. But since there is no smell, there is no flies, there is no nothing, that's, that's fine, you can air it. So that's the oxygen. Nitrogen, nitrogen comes with the poop <laughs> that you put in there. The hydrogen, it comes with a little bit of squirt water that you put in there. That's rainwater. And that helps to start decomposing everything. That was Dr. Joaquin Murieta Saldivar with the Watershed Management Group. You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. Water harvesting can be as simple as digging basins around plants, or it can mean installing gutters and cisterns. Those cost money, but a local nonprofit called SETI works with low-income residents to help them begin water harvesting. We spoke with program manager David Sanabria. The goal uh, of the organization is to pay the upfront cost of these installations precisely because we understand that some families might not have, you know, the full amount to pay for these installations. So that is uh, that's what we do um, for the families. So how popular a program is this? Uh, well, I would say it is very popular within the limited income families because they, uh, you know, the families that approach to us, they really uh, want to start harvesting water. A lot of them like to have fruit trees at home, uh, herbs, and, and, you know, those are high water uh, demanding plants. And using water harvesting, it's, uh, you know, it's a great way to save water and, and keep alive those plants. By doing this, uh, it's better quality water, but they're also saving water. They're not uh, relying only on potable water, you know, choosing water, water, but they're relying on uh, passive systems and, and active systems as well. So, you know, they're storaging that water uh, for water in their landscapes. This program covers all kinds of things. It could be the passive where you're kind of digging out around plants and maybe doing some trenches from next to the roof so the, the water gets to the plants to the big tanks that we see some people do, correct? That is correct. Yes, uh, we, we do both systems. You know, uh, we can do passive systems, which is very much uh, basins and earthworks around, you know, to um, encourage that water to stay on site and infiltrate uh, so that it can be used by plants and also active systems as well. So, you know, uh, capturing water that lands on your roof and storing that water in a cistern or in a tank that can be used uh, later. Do you find that as the monsoon starts to approach, people start thinking about it and want to do this? Or is it when the the blossoms on the orange and grapefruit trees get going and people are like, wow, I got to water all this? Is there times where there, it's busier than other times of the year? Yep, you, you're correct. I think that, uh, you know, we, we tend to have a higher participation and interest in, in, in our program as the monsoon season uh, uh, approaches, you know, like people start thinking, oh, we, we you know, it's gonna rain. We know that uh, rain is coming. It would be nice to have some, uh, some way to capture that water. Now you all started a new program earlier this year, correct? We started uh, in February, offering, we have a grant uh, that's allowing us to distribute uh, trees and shrubs for free. So for those participants that are um, participating, um, in our program, in our rainwater harvesting program, uh, we have a form. 
so they can select uh, up to two trees and up to two shrubs. And all of them are, um, well, the trees are uh, shade trees. So that's the idea of the program is to uh, help increase the tree canopy in, in uh, low-income neighborhoods and, um, and up to two shrubs. And all of the plants are uh, drought-tolerant or native. That was David Sanabria with SETI. When it comes to rainwater harvesting, Tucson and Brad Lancaster has been called the prophet of rainwater harvesting. Our sister program, Arizona Illustrated on PBS6, has a new story about him. Here's a quick excerpt of that program with Lancaster explaining why he thinks rainwater harvesting is so important. We're using water multiple times instead of just once and then throwing it away. We don't throw anything away. All waste becomes resources. And we learn to mimic the planet's hydrologic cycle. Water tables would be rising. We would start to bring back longer ephemeral and then eventually perennial flows of some of our waterways. If everyone was doing this water harvesting as I advocate, every street would be shaded and canopied. We'd have a much cooler, beautiful, livable community. That shade irrigated with nothing more than the runoff from the hardscape surfaces. Our, our water quality, our air quality, all this would improve because we'd have much more vegetation and we'd have a lot more people that are healthy because a lot more people would walk and bike because it would be comfortable and enjoyable to do so. My colleague David Fenster is the producer for that piece. We sat down to talk about how he came to do a story on Lancaster. About two years ago, I, my wife and I bought our first house and there was essentially no landscaping. It's like a dirt patch with a, there were a couple of trees on the property. And Laura, my wife had, I don't know if she had met Brad but knew of him and bought me one of his books. And I just got fascinated with this concept of water harvesting. We moved here from the Chihuahuan Desert. Um, so I was kind of familiar with arid landscapes and arid adapted plants. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really familiar with this concept of water harvesting, aside from maybe tanks. But this in-ground water harvesting was really fascinating to me. And the book is really fun. And so I would just kind of read it for pleasure. And then eventually I just got a shovel and started digging holes in the yard. And I figured, what did I have to lose? There was nothing there anyway. I couldn't disturb any life that was happening. All I could do is possibly improve it. So yeah, I just started, I started digging these holes and I put in gutters in the house to direct water into these holes and started planting native plants. And, you know, that was the driest, one of the driest summers we ever had we basically had no monsoon and then but I irrigated things and kept everything basically alive and then the next all the neighbors kind of blamed me for the drought <laughs> and the you know last summer we had one of the wettest summers we've ever had so and I saw the yard completely transformed and I wasn't watering at all listening to other people talk about Brad he's the one it seems like who really kicked a lot of this off, at least in Tucson, when he started, he was out illegally cutting curbs so that water could run into properties or at least off the road. And, and now that's allowed and encouraged. 
he really got it going here. He did, and that's part of the fun of the story is he kind of bent or broke some of the rules and did what he had to do because he believed in, in these ideas and now is basically like a consultant for the city. And, you know, and a lot of these ideas have gone into law, the rainwater harvesting ordinance. There's a gray water stub out ordinance, I believe it's called. And so, you know, I know Brad was part of those. Obviously, a lot of people are still using city water or wherever they get their water for watering and things like that. But Brad's book has become so popular. And as you said, now a lot of his things he was doing illegally or at least bending the laws are now legal. What does he think? Does he sit back and look and say, mission accomplished? Or have we only just begun in his mind? Brad is definitely not saying mission accomplished, but but I think what attracts a lot of people to Brad's ideas and, and his books is, is and, and someone says it in the film, is that he comes from this framework of abundance, not lack and not, uh, he's not cynical. And, you know, he has his moments where he struggles or has moments of doubt, but he definitely comes from this idea that there is abundance if you just kind of know how to gather it or, or support it. Um, that, which is, I think a different, you know, we hear a lot of really negative things about, um, what's happening or what's about to happen and it can make people, it, it, I think it can freeze people up and they don't know what to do. And, and this, everybody can do what Brad's doing. He says, basically all you need is a shovel and you can do like the majority of what, of what he's doing. And if you have a little piece of land, even maybe if it's not your own or you're renting or something, you can do some of these things. And, and so I think, I think that's part of the interest in, in what he's doing is, is he makes it seem possible and he makes it seem like it's something you can do to not feel so helpless with climate change and with everything that's happening right now. That was my colleague David Fenster talking about his new piece for Arizona Illustrated about Brad Lancaster. And that's the buzz for this week. You can find all of our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Samantha Larned helped produce this week's show. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer, and our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.